So how can we make the world a better place for kids growing up with ADHD? In this podcast, you're going to hear my son's perspective about what it was like to grow up with ADHD and what he'd wished he'd known sooner. listening to Finding Your Brilliance. I'm your host, Catherine Quee, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with my son, Will Quee, about the wisdom that he has gathered over the last 21 years of his life as an ADHDer. Since he's been home from college, he and I have had a chance to hang out much more because he's doing his classes from here, and it's been one of the blessings of this pandemic. So thank you for being here today, Will. You're welcome. <laughs> you can't escape my ADHD world. <laughs> and, and you know, what's so nice is that you're, you're even telling me that it's okay that we talk about these things because you, you want to contribute and help younger people or people your age, or maybe even older people who are newly diagnosed. You want, you want to help out in any way you can. That's right. You say I can't escape from your ADHD world. I mean, I can't also can't escape from my ADHD world. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, best just to come to terms with it. And I think that, yeah, I'm eager to assist people because I just know growing up, I mean, even having a mom who is like an expert on ADHD, it's still, it's still confusing. So for all those people who don't even have a psychologist for a parent, I'm like, if you need anything, you know, I want to give it. So, yeah, well, I'm even looking over at you and you're perched on a pillow on my chaise in a meditative kind of cross-legged position, which is new. Yeah. It's I mean, new for you. Mindfulness is something that I've been really getting more interested in as I've aged because it's sort of, if ADHD is fire, I think that mindfulness is sort of a water energy mm-hmm. that really helps soothe the two. But because uh, I feel like when you have one, too much of one thing going, it gets overwhelming. So for me, it really helps me kind of just balance out the energy inside of me, which is often pretty hyperactive. Yes. Well, so I am, I don't even know how you got started in this meditation world. I know when you came home from college, were you already interested in meditation? I feel like there's been definitely a lot of different points that I feel like I can name that seemed like they were kind of putting me on that path. I feel like really it kind of started for me when my guitar teacher at Oberlin, when I was, I was going through some depression at Oberlin, having some other issues too. And my guitar teacher gifted me this book called Pieces Every Step by Thich Nhat Hanh, which is just like, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh is this really amazing monk from Vietnam. And, you know, I re- it took me a long, long time to read that book, even though it's a super short book, because I'd read a little bit of it and be like, oh, my God, this is you know, so not where I'm at. <laughs> and then I would put it down and then I read a little bit more and then I put it down until finally, you know, that, I feel like that was like the first kind of step for me on the journey pieces, every step. I mean, that was the first step. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, and then I've, you know, encountered a lot of different thinkers, mystics, and interesting people who have given me different perspectives since then. 
all with hope that I can kind of calm myself a little bit more. Okay. So that's a big thing with ADHD, even at 21, right? Is learning to calm. When you say like calm yourself, what is it like to be 21? And what do you think other people are experiencing that have ADHD that, you know, everybody's different, but when you say calm yourself, do you mean like your mind, your body, like the whole deal? Yeah, I think both. The thing about the, you know, ADHD is it's like hyperactivity is physical and mental in my experience. I feel like I also realized that I just had so much leftover energy that I wasn't putting in towards anything really that was useful to me because I, I was like a car with like too much gas, you know, I just needed to burn off some of that extra gas. And I do that through yoga or doing push-ups or doing just different exercises for me. It's pretty amazing, you know, how much of a difference it makes. I just see different people I know who are exercisers and I just saw that there's, so it's kind of, they have a lot of time it's like blow uh-huh. that after their workouts. And I just kind of wanted that because I feel like I've been able to get that through like guitar, but I feel like my body was never really in touch with my mind. Like, I feel like I was always like kind of trying to take care of my mind first through guitar and like books and all these different things. But I never realized that like my body needed me to take care of it. We're still animals. Like you take your dog for a walk, right? You got (laughs) to take this mammal for a walk too, or else it's going to start causing problems. Like, and I never really knew that understood how connected, you know, your mind and your body are. So I'm just starting on that path now. Yeah. We're on day four of our yoga. Yeah. But not day four of my exercise regimen. <laughs> no, he's been, you've been doing like push-ups, like to the point sometimes where I'm like, okay. I'm a little trembly the, when I is, come down. Is the gas, can it possibly be done? I mean, aren't you out of gas yet? For God's sakes. But um, anyway, no. the, the thing about, exactly. We're on day four of yoga with Adrian. So Yoga with Adrian has been huge lifesaver for me and so many people throughout the country. She's such an amazing YouTuber. If anybody isn't aware of her, her 30 day home is what we've been doing. And it's nice, right? Because it's just a few minutes mm-hmm. each day. It's nothing overbearing. And, and, you know, as a parent, I tried really hard to get you into yoga a few years ago. And that was like, nightmare so what do you think like why was it and why was it such a nightmare then will i was really resistant i think i was kind of in this weird stoicism kind of thing or i don't know what it was i felt like i needed to do it all myself to kind of prove to myself that i was a worthy of kind of my own respect or worthy of or something along those lines because i think going touching on ADHD, like you kind of want to show everyone that you don't need anything else. Sometimes, at least I know I did. I was sometimes wanting to show people like, I don't need all these other things. I can still do it myself. I'm still good enough. All these different kind of insecurities, I think that kind of developed through having ADHD. And so I feel like it wasn't until I surrendered that. And it felt like it was like more of a surrender than it was adding something to my life. It was just me letting go of independent, do everything yourself. Don't, ask don't you don't need help like right what a drag i mean and what a burden you have used the term to me that it feels like sometimes adhd has felt like carrying a lot of bricks on your shoulders you used to describe that like in high school sometimes like feels like there's all these bricks and so 
you were just figuring out ways on your own. You felt more like you, I got to do this myself. And something happened when you were in college where you started being a little bit more open and now much more open. So it seems like everybody just has to have their own process. It's so interesting how that works. Until you see the truth, letting yourself be helped, it has to come from within. I was just lucky that I had people who loved me, you know, along the way who kind of pointed me towards that, like my guitar teacher with that book, you know, I didn't know that it do something so yeah. drastic to my life, but I, you know, I took the book and walked home and was still in my world, right. Of kind of like, I'm doing this alone. I got to go it alone. I shouldn't all that. But then eventually slowly those walls come down, but it's not like you wake up one day and you're like, I'm better. Like you don't wake up one day thinking that new way. It, it happens at a slow metamorphosis yeah. kind of way, you know? Well, I feel like that's very hopeful as parents. It's good to know that what we do for our kids may not be something immediate at all, but that even if they literally hated yoga the first time, maybe two or three years later, Hey, they may, they may like it. I say that same thing around meds. Like maybe the first time the medication may not work well at all, but you know, maybe a few years later, that exact same medication may at a different dose or, you know, mm-hmm. or just, it may help. So we kind of circle back. You're planting seeds. I'm talking about my guitar teacher a lot today, but he talked a lot about seeds, but musically speaking, his, he talked a lot about how the problem with practice is some people get discouraged because they practice and practice for days and then they don't see any reward. Yeah. But that's because basically like an oak tree doesn't grow that way. It's just a sprout now, but you know, if you let the seed grow, it'll grow into something big. And I think that that's the way it is with that book. You know, he, when he gave me that book, there was a seed that was planted. So the first while, you know, I was like, didn't see anything really much of a difference, but I didn't understand something was growing inside of me the whole time, but I wasn't aware of it until next thing I know, you know, leaves are popping out and I'm like, (laughs) Whoa, I didn't expect this at all. I didn't even, wasn't even really trying. I didn't think I was trying. Yeah. But then you realize that something was kind of ruminating around in your subconscious. Um, and I think it's the same way with like doing stuff for your kids, trying to help your ADHD kid. You might not see the fruits of your labor, the seed that you planted initially, but give it time and it might just blossom. Yeah, that's true. It's so, you know, people come to this experience often so concerned and so like, oh, the reading's behind, the writing's behind, the math, and there's all of these stirring thoughts. Which do I do? The tutoring, the occupational therapy, you know, we were shoving all those things at you too, right? Mm -hmm. You needed a lot of that. You needed a lot of different. And so I think it's good for people to see that just like all of us, I'm looking at you, you're still managing a lot. You're still like working on your mind and your body and all this. It's not like, I don't want people to ever think, oh, you know, I I raised a kid and he's, he's just doing so amazing and life is so easy. I'm putting in work. You're putting a lot. And I think that that doesn't come across. Like, and I feel like so much of the time we look at other people who are fulfilled or we look at other people who we deem to be better And we only are seeing 1% of their day or like, we're really only seeing like a little bit of them. Like we're seeing this person who we're attributing so much to them. Like we're saying like, Oh, you know, they're just happy because they're a happy person. It's like, yeah, no, they're working really. They're working to be that like, so it's like to keep myself level and to keep myself focused, I'm having to work. Like it ain't free. (laughs) It ain't free. You know, the other thing I see with you that like when you were younger, 
it would get to be like Friday and you'd be disappointed because you hadn't many times scheduled with friends. I don't know. I just remember periods where we'd have to say to you like, "Will you got to like schedule things out because people may not be available. And now you do that all the time. You got your friends, you guys zoom and do this or that. And, and so that's just another thing that along the way, the things as a parent that you're doing or that you're worrying about a lot of those, you don't need to worry about quite as much. Sometimes you have to let your kid drop the ball enough times that they decide they're sick of dropping the ball. And yeah, I, I just want to emphasize also like it gets a lot easier. Like we're habit forming animals. Like, and I think that's something that I've really come to understand, which is basically like the more you reinforce a behavior, it doesn't matter what it is, good or bad, the more your brain allows it. it could be anything from binge eating to, <laughs> you know, doing your homework. Like I, the more that you let yourself get into a routine, the easier it will become in the future. The key is just not letting yourself get discouraged initially. And if you can understand that it will get easier eventually, then you're you're okay. And I had never really understood that until it got easier. So I, I kind of like the whole time I was like, this is hard, this is hard, this is hard. Until finally it was like not hard and as hard anymore. And I noticed it and I was like, whoa, this got easier. How did that happen? So I kind of put it together. It happened because... I mean, if you're wanting to probably talk on a neurological level, it's like your brain is making pathways, you know, your brain is solidifying different behaviors neurologically, making it easier for you to do them. Whatever you start doing, your brain picks up on it. And it's like, oh, I guess that this is something we're going to start doing. So I better, you know, make the uh, accommodations. Yeah. So you got to like, let yourself form the right habits. For me, that's changed my whole world with ADHD is just understanding that the more I do something, the more I will continue doing it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Well, and it's annoying for you. I'm sure that we've done a lot of reminding over the years and you kind of go, oh my gosh, like, would you say that a lot of that reminding is needed for someone when they're younger with ADHD? Probably. It's a balance, right? It's like, you got to take care of your kid and make sure that they're on the right path. But at the same time, you got to give them the tools they need and then step back. And then when they fall down, as they will help them up, (laughs) try again, step back, help them up again. I mean, if you're carrying them along the whole way, they're not strengthening their muscles. It's like somebody in space, right? Like when you go to space, your muscles get weak because you're not walking. Yeah. And then when they get back to earth, they're all weak and stuff. Their legs are all thin. It's like that. If they're never exposed to gravity, they're never going to get strong. That's such a good metaphor. That's something you've been doing your whole life. And the people that I know with ADHD do just have that, again, just creative ways of, of expressing. And that's kind of another thing I wanted to touch on today to tell my, my fellow ADHD years that there's really plus sides to this thing too, even though they're hard to see sometimes they're so there, like recognize your strengths. I'm still learning that. I feel like I've been comparing myself to the rest of my peers for a long, long time. And it can be really discouraging because, you know, you're comparing yourself to, you know, the honor roll students or whatever who are killing it at math or you have something in you, you know, you have a gift. You just have to understand it. This is a gift, but it just doesn't always feel that way because most other everybody else doesn't have it. And there's this really great quote from Einstein that's just if a fish spends its whole life judging itself on how well it can climb a tree, you know, it's always going to think it's stupid. (laughs) And it's just you're a fish. Just be a fish and find whatever water is to you. So that's what I would say, because 
I've spent a lot of time trying to climb trees and it's pretty demoralizing. (laughs) Yes, you have. And the thing is, people would look at you and say, well, you did great in in many of your classes. And I think, again, that the jagged learning curve of someone with ADHD, it's more jagged. So yes, there's lots of great things. And then there's the dips. And then there's big dips. Big ones. (laughs) There's big ones, big potholes, right? Big old potholes. And that you can say that and smile I love it. I love hearing you say that and smile and, and, you know, pushing any shame about the potholes to the (laughs) curb, man. It's hard. I mean, I've been really ashamed before about it. And I know that sometimes I'd still probably do feel ashamed and about hitting those big bumps in the road and feeling like, why can't I just drive my car just like everybody else? Why do I keep bumping into these same obstacles? But everyone's journey is a little different. It's a little different and that's a really good ending for us. That's a great ending. So thank you for joining me on Finding Your Brilliance. My guest today was my son, Will Kui. And if this topic speaks to you, feel free to subscribe to my podcast and pass this episode along to others. You can find out more about me on my website at kqadhdnu.com. And thanks again for listening. And until we meet again, just remember that we all have areas of brilliance.